fungus. Feed, feed the fungus. Feed the fungus. Feed the fungus. sidewalk and was running up the sidewalk trying to get all the worms it wouldn't want to stop I had to go catch it all the free worms so guys I was listening to the last Lex Freeman podcast I fell asleep listening to it but um, the guy was a mathematics professor and he had a great um, attitude. He said, I'm not going to have a schema, a way of showing you how to solve the problem. We're going to solve it together interactively. I'm going to make you think about it and make you come up with a solution. And I thought that was amazing. And it's like, well, why didn't I try that before? So, I was listening to this story from about Elon Musk's self-driving cars. And um, <clears throat> that they need internet access, and they're basically being... They're hooked up to the center. center. So, I had this idea... And I wanted to work it into a whole skit and do some fake voices and, like, uncover. Like, oh, we are uncovering today. We have exclusive content on this show. We have, we're blowing the whistle on Elon Musk's driver factory. Where they have, uh, teenage kids in third world countries driving cars for people. Pretending that it's, um, machine learning where it's really just outsourcing it to some poor kids who are earning $1 a day driving for everybody. You know, computer-assisted, of course, but in reality, the decisions are being made by people. And um, it's like your own personal driver in India or China or Vietnam or Cambodia, somewhere. So I thought that would make a great skit. Maybe we'll get um, Chicken Jar to do it with us. Or he can do the uh, driver and we'll interview him. We'll expose Elon for having the driver farm. 
And if someone tries to talk about it, they'll... And yeah, this guy's on a run for his life. Because if he talks, they're going to come after him and kill him. The uh, machine learning mob exposing the fact that there's no machine learning. It's all just smoke and mirrors and people uh, pretending to have uh, self-driving cars. So how's that for a story? I know I'm not producing this well enough. It's just an idea for everyone. But I had it last night. I was like, wait a second. What if these self-driving cars are not actually self-driving? What if they're just remote control? Or they're paying someone to do it? I mean, think about that. That'd be hilarious. It's like, here's your dedicated driver. Becomes part of the car. It's a Ponzi scheme to sell more cars. That'd be funny. Well, it's time to get our walk started here. I'm gonna put this chicken back in the house. In the yard. I can't let her stay outside, otherwise she'll roam down the street again, looking for those worms. In the house now, come on. Come on, Clucky. to the uh, down to the Delaware River today on my walk. I haven't been down there in a while. <sighs> my poor kid is being tortured in school. They show him, they snap these pictures of like sunsets and suns over clouds in the, um, in the, um, for airplane windows and they're like, what do you think? What do you, what do you wonder? What do you see and what do you wonder about? And he's just sitting there staring at these things for like hours, like trying to figure out what the hell to write. It's like, I wonder if the person taking the picture was on drugs. 
I wonder if it's being taken from an airplane. What are these streaks of light? Why do the light rays form a star shape? <clears throat> Is that from the window itself? And I said to him, just do what you can and I'll come back and sit down with you later after I do my walk. He didn't do his homework for three days or the teacher wasn't. He discovered co.org and he was just playing with that for three days. There, now he's writing to me. Oh, he made a huge flappy, flappy bird. Wow. Try playing his flappy bird. <clears throat> so I can play this game. It's a flappy bird game. We have to fly. You have to fly through these pipes. You just tap on the screen to fly up. That's all you can do. He's so fascinated with his code.org, he doesn't want to do anything else. to play his own, make his own games and play other people's games that they made. I guess I'll have to sit down with him and help him do his homework when I get back from this walk. It's funny, I met someone who's, I saw a gravestone that had two names on it. One was the name of the city and the other was, was the name of someone who I knew. And I asked them, I said, I saw a gravestone with your name on it. And he was like, oh yeah, that's my grandma. She was an orphan. And that's why she has the name of the city. So I thought that was interesting, that the orphanage would give you the last name of the city that you were in. <clears throat> Is that a thing? <sighs> my boss is writing to me, my son, on Telegram. Let's see what he wrote this time. Thank <sighs> you.
There's hardly any cars at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah, imagine if all of these um, self-driving cars were really road controls in the end. That would be hilarious. Little pools of drivers. It's like, we've got the president. And they get his self-driving team together to drive the car for him. He thinks he's in a self-driving car. We can't leave this up to the computer. National security, get out of the drivers. Hmm. But um, I feel so inadequate, inadequate. Adequate. I feel so inadequate when looking at these people who are so Amazing at what they do. I guess good at what I do. But I'm not good at other things where I haven't tried. But I like the idea. He said that the cognitive math is an amazing thing because if you just try and solve it, you will come up with new solutions and the actual act of attempting something gives you new information and that is true that is true morning. It is true. Gives you new information. 
these birds. This place I'm walking on right now is called the New Jersey State Library for the Blind. I might have mentioned it, but it had such a <clears throat> pivotal influence on my life um, because we had these books for the blind, these audiobooks, and they had a player that would play them at super slow speed on the left and the right channel, so they would fit four books, four cassettes onto one cassette. <clears throat> or was it super high speed? They were recorded at super high speed, you'd play them back at super low speed. So it was like the ultra compressed <clears throat> cassette tape. And they're housed here at this site, and you could request them, request access to them, And they had a very amazing collection of audiobooks that we used to listen to all the time growing up. Really amazing. I remember once I got a book from Gunter Grass. I was learning German. And uh, I thought, yeah, I'll get myself a German audiobook. And I couldn't understand a word of it. Die a book about the rats and the grass in any case it was um, traumatic experience to listen to that German you know just doing high school German and then like trying to understand it I couldn't I really couldn't. I was so lost. But I remember the sounds. And learning to hear the sounds is the first step in learning a language. It's just getting your ear and mind used to hearing these different sounds. phonetic building blocks. It's all about building neural networks, baby. I guess that's my son writing to me again. Let's see what he says. Okay, he loves me, that's great.
sweet kid. We're so excited about his brother coming soon. And then we'll be a family of four. Which means every restaurant will be more expensive. Every plane ticket will be more expensive. But it's great. You'll have someone to beat up on instead of me all the time. So I haven't had time to look at any of these math things. This thing is beeping at me the whole time. Yes, <laughs> sweet kid. amazing thing about the algebra is that the manipulations we do on it are valid for infinite series as well. So that it gets way beyond the question of telling a computer what to do. Because if you tell a computer to calculate an infinite sum, it'll be doing that infinitely. So yeah, I'd like to start stitching all the stuff we've been doing together. So I have the way of iteratively finding the primes, like manually. And that involves calculating the multiplication tables out, but not all of them. And um, 
Fuck, I have to tell this kid to stop writing to me. Well, maybe I just won't respond for now. God, look at the baby deer, must be one day old. Is that the cutest thing you've ever seen? It's, it looks like a rabbit. Oh my God, it's a tiny little baby deer. I have to take a picture of this. Oh, she's gonna, she's getting nervous. She's running away. The baby's just sitting there in the grass, hiding. Mama is very, very nervous. She's shaking her tail, she's running away. You can hardly see the baby. dear. Come on, baby. It's playing dead. Okay, I'll leave it. Come on, baby. Come on, move it. Oh, must be very scared, I guess. Well, that's a shot that you don't see very often. Mom's on the, she's standing far away. There's other deer standing far away. Come on, baby, move it. I don't want it to run in the road. But if I stand here, I'm just gonna disturb them, so I'll let it go. This kid, 
That, that baby deer must have been just a day old. I mean, literally a newborn. I guess it was in its fetal position there. I mean, it could walk. But they say you shouldn't touch a baby deer because it might get it rejected by its mom. So, just let it be. They'll figure it out. It's not like there's not enough deer here, oh my god. I guess you could say the same thing about humans. It's not, it's not like there's not enough humans here. It's so horrible, isn't it? say something like that about a little baby deer, the sweetest thing on the planet. Those little white dots, those big ears, this little button nose, looks like a rabbit. the Native Americans would do with all these deer. They'd probably get some spears, get a group of guys together and just go out and hunt them, like back in the old days, or some handmade bows, and they wouldn't get caught by the police. Get together a hunting party and go out and stalk some deer in downtown Trenton. Would that be hilarious or what? Sometimes I wonder how hard it would be to manually catch one and kill it. I imagine it's not easy. Yeah, so today is No Agenda Show. I started listening to uh, V, Romanian TV, This Week in Stupid, and this show was <clears throat> censored on YouTube. Or maybe that was just the, um, the picture that he used.
Yeah, so I think we're going to stop this for now because I don't have anything else to say at this point. <clears throat> I'll save you guys the silence. Alright, I'm back. I'm back. And I just used the pause button so that way we don't have multiple clips. I was listening to Abs in a Six Pack on their his cocaine episode where he's just playing the clips. It's pretty hilarious. <clears throat> They're talking about how Coca-Cola tried to remove cocaine leaves from its formula and new coke and that famously failed. No one bought it. New Coke. I bet you some people got fired over that. Said that they're using spent cocaine leaves to make Coca-Cola. I guess it would be some residue. So, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I guess we're just going to continue uh, listening to some other things and I'll come back if I have something else to say. All right, guys, we're back. So, I was thinking. I was thinking, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? We are thinking, we are thinking. What, what is it that you're thinking? Well, I'm having a severe disconnect between my thoughts and my words. Like there's a bridge that's broken. I'm thinking on one side of my brain and 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 the, and the words can't seem to make it all the way to the other side of the brain where I'm talking to you like there's a a traffic jam of some kind maybe an emergency maybe some terrorists are attacking and um, <clears throat> you think as above so below we look at these we look at these things happening in the outside world and we try and imagine how they would affect the inside world. Like neural pathways and highways and we think there's some kind of topography, some kind of map, geography of um, some kind of geography of, uh, of the brain. That there's some kind of messaging system, different areas, data is being produced in one area going to another. I mean, that's what we're thinking about. That there's some like low level. But I had this idea, I was listening to some podcasts, I had an idea and I can't quite remember it. 
it's actually quite upsetting. So, Umberto Eco said that there's two different types of ideas, or three. But the one type, the simplest type of an idea, is one that you can't describe, but you know when you see it. So the child will pull his hand back from the fire, right? When you can recognize something, when the pattern is there, it's called like a receptor, but you can't describe this receptor. That's like the cognitive type, which is like the most basic form of the brain, the cognitive type. Molar knowledge is deep knowledge. And I think <clears throat> there was something called a neural imprint. I'll have to go back and read the book, Kant und das Schnabeltier, Kant and the Platypus. And he talks about how science has tried to classify animals like the platypus over the years. <clears throat> and it's defied all classification. And I've tried to classify computer trees in the same way. And I guess that's a good segue into making this into the work, turning this into one of the worst podcasts. The worst. Oh, well, Chicken Jar City's coming to a dishcast tonight, so even if this is a horrible one, you can just turn off now. I know some of you have been rage unsubscribing or rage on turning off in the middle of my mathematics discussions because you admitted it. I've been testing you. How many people remember Scooter Girl? I talked about her on two or three episodes, but normally near the end, when I'm walking home. And um, a lot of you, or one of you at least, is not listening to the end. <clears throat> so Scooter Girl is a, a young blonde girl with an electric, electric scooter who moved in to town, or got, just got her scooter, and she scoots around all the time with no helmet in the middle of the night. Hey, and I see her show up in our development around 10 a.m., 10 p.m., scoots in, stays for five minutes, and then leaves. I guess she's coming from the university. And um, I'm thinking that... Uh, thinking she either came home, comes home to pick something up and then leave to see her boyfriend or something. Maybe drop her school bag off, I don't know. But um, I've described her many times walking home and she shows up at 10 at night. And I quizzed someone, won't mention who, I quizzed one of our listeners if they may have remembered Scooter Girl. And they said no. And at least Chicken Jar doesn't even cl 
flame to listen to this garbage. But we should definitely have some... I guess I really need to uh, clip out all this math stuff. I do need to create some kind of clip show. With different themes. I guess Scooter Girl is a theme or a character in the story. Urban decay. History of New Jersey. Themes. Mathematics. And it's a shame that I'm even afraid to talk about math now for fear of losing you because I do love to go into these hour-long diatribes Oh my god, I'm getting lost in my thoughts again. Lost in my thoughts. But even identifying themes, reoccurring themes, even if we have all the text, the transcripts, what are the themes, the characters? the moving parts in this podcast. Well, we have the geographic locations. This person just did about 80 through a red light. That was pretty scary. 
tinted windows, white car. <sighs> Maybe this is the wrong time of day to be in this part of town. So we're going to struggle through this, kids. I'm sorry. We're not giving up. We ain't going out like that. And I know you've heard this all before. But maybe we're going to take a different take on it. Maybe we've learned something. Yeah. Maybe we're going to get to the next level today. We can't just give up and not try. So what are the immutable parts, parts that don't change about this podcast? Well, the fact that we go for walks and we describe what we see. Now, where we walk is different. And we don't always describe what we see. We also describe what we think or experience. Or we just talk about anything. But uh, recently, it's been about math previously about politics more, computers, science, some, cosmology, psychedelics, religion, belief, the nature of life, philosophy. So, I must be mother bird and baby bird. So we cover all these different topics, these different words, we talk about different people, different places. Here's a gas can. In a plastic bag. I guess it's another crime scene. gas can in a plastic bag and they dumped it. I guess they use that as part of the um, stealing of gas, filling up people's cars. I guess the gas can should be worth something, but it's probably criminal material. I don't want to touch it. 
I'll get involved. I gotta get out of here. Got to, I've got to get out of here. That's some mean poison ivy around there. So, we have these different topics, we have these different words. Now the geography... ...is a whole realm to itself. Place names, places, and so forth. I guess there's a hierarchy of places. Geography. And it's funny. It's funny how people deal with big and small large and small we construct things out of smaller pieces patterns Like this concrete underneath my feet, it's not, it was poured as a liquid. I didn't place it in individual stones. A continuous piece. The river as well is a continuous thing. The streams that feed into it the hydrology. And then you've got the watchmaker who places the individual gears and things with a magnifying glass, the clock. I guess that's really not even, the surgeon even. Good morning. The surgeon, the 
person with a microscope twiddling some cells, a little pipette with a microscope. Nanobots, I mean, programmers going into small spaces, doing big things. So in the end, there's different uh, things people manipulate to create things, operations we do. Plus one, plus one, adding a little bit here, adding a little bit there. Multiplication, making copies of things. Division, cutting them. Cutting half away. Cutting into thirds. Dividing a cell into two, into fourths cellular division and then subtraction removing something taking away one and if we consider those to be the basics of algebra then everything else could be derived from that and actually everything could be derived from addition it's pretty amazing song in my head. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Fauci. Morning, guys.
so. So we have operations. And can we break everything down into just simple addition, like everything? I mean, how does our brain do it? Is it not the firing of neurons? The plus one of a neural impulse? that causes everything? Is it not the plus one of a neuron that models everything? Isn't that how it works? Or is it doesn't work that way? Is it not a plus one, a minus one, a uh, multiplication and division in the brain? of the neural impulses. Is that not what makes up <clears throat> everything? So we have a hierarchy of places that are immovable. You have the immovable world. Then you have the movable world. People moving around. People temporarily located in places, people walking around, movement, velocity, acceleration, change over time. The current location at any time. Trying to go somewhere, coming from somewhere, currently at some place. A navigation. So what else we got? We've got concepts, ideas being communicated. And what are concepts except things that we have statistically determined to be relevant, I suppose. We say that they're eternal, but maybe they're not. Let's just assume that they're not eternal concepts for now. Let's just take the assumption that all math Everything that we can see is relative to our current perspective, relative to our biased mind. Isn't that the postmodern view? 
These are quite annoying geese. I'd like to have a bench here to sit on the river. If I ever find a bench, I'll just bring it here, put it here. Chairs, there's all these chairs. I see people throw them away. I should just grab some and bring them. Put them on someone's yard. So, the fight between something being eternal and not eternal, what did he call them, statistically invariant, unchanging? Morning. Morning. Statistical invariance. And then we have models about models, which I guess is what we're doing now. Ideas about ideas, words about words, references, trying to understand what's going on. here on the river for a little bit. I can find a spot. It hasn't been full of shit for the geese. The nettle here is going crazy. The Delaware is quite the beautiful river. It's quite large. Even if I could walk across there, it would take a while. There's an island in the middle. It's not even that deep at this point. Lots of rocks and rapids. Frank, my great uncle Frank, who was a physicist and a teacher, he said he forced himself to look at nature and forced himself to stare out until he could actually see it. 
It's funny because when you watch the stream, you see these pools that are moving downstream. These waves. And how they seem to just hang there. These little whirlpools moving down with the river. Created by disturbances under the water. The disturbances create these waves, these patterns constantly. A rock, and then the patterns created by it flow down the river. And I guess meet other waves, meet themselves. In a super interesting and complicated interaction. I guess after a while it flattens out until the next disturbance comes. And so the river is in general flat, but in specific very active. The water is billions of years old. It's never created nor destroyed. It's just recycled. Over and over again, washing away the dirt into the ocean. Eventually, I guess, leveling everything until the next volcano erupts. <coughs> the next tectonic plate shifts, creating more land for it to wither away, to wear it down. Nice to have a boat here. Take it on the river. That could be fun. We should do that.
with a case of beer. Oh look, there's a bench. Looks like the geese are eating the garbage or something. has his Instagram tag on the side of his car. It's all pimped out, but he smashed up the front of it. This person has Jesus Christ on his headrests. Yeah, the, the goose is actually um, digging through the garbage. She's like, hmm, Popeyes, I like Popeyes. Mm-hmm. They won't, they'll stoop as low as dumpster diving, the geese, no problem. A lot of smashed up cars here. Yep, so I do think we need two cars just as a backup and emergency vehicle. I guess if grandma lives next door and has a car, that's also good. Maybe we don't need two. Fauci. So now they're saying to people, supposedly, I have to double check this, they're saying to people supposedly that if they're vaccinated, they can go back to normal life. I guess because people are said, or told, this is Tom Wood's show I was listening to. People are, are saying, well, if we can't go back to normal life, why are we getting vaccinated? And then, from what I understand, is that you can still get the COVID and spread it if you're vaccinated. So that people going back to normal life as vaccinated would mean that they would actually be spreading it faster. And it just doesn't make any logical sense to me. And they're saying people can go without masks, but masks are preventing us from spreading it. Now you're saying you want them to spread it because 
if everyone's vaccinated, then they won't get it. And this is where the logic, the supreme logic doesn't work. So if you have the vaccine and you're not wearing a mask, then you're a spreader. But if you don't, if you've had COVID, then are you still a spreader? Or do you have an immunity? And then the next big question would be, They're trying to paint the picture of people who are not getting the vaccine as endangering other people. But how are they endangering other people? You mean because they're going to spread it? See, this is the key. The key, this unlogical issue. Is that... I mean, it's obvious to me. I'll try to explain it. A five-year-old. Whether or not you have the vaccine or not, you you could spread it. So the only person who would be harmed, the only thing that I understand is that supposedly, if you get the vaccine, then you'll get it, and you'll less chance of being hospitalized. So the only logic would be that by not getting the vaccine, you're increasing your chance of being hospitalized and taking a hospital bed from someone who might need it. But if you're young and healthy, the chance of you being hospitalized are next to zero. So it seems to me be wildly illogical. They're basically arguing as if the vaccine would prevent the spread when it doesn't. And all of their argumentation is based on that fallacy. And that is what is causing people to be upset. And then Tom Wood was saying that people, they were interviewing people and polling them. People who got the vaccine are less likely to do anything than people who haven't. People who haven't gotten the vaccine are more likely to do things anyway, because I guess the fearful people got it. So the people who are scared are the ones who get it, and they're less likely to even go out. And the people who are not afraid don't get it and they're not afraid to go out. So that's all very interesting. It just seems to me to be a big illogic bomb that just, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It's kind of like religion.
I guess it's how society works, not through logic, but through force and persuasion and peer pressure. And that's what we're seeing. What if someone has AIDS, would they say you can't go into business? You can't uh, go to a concert? Where's your AIDS test? If they cut themselves, you could get it. Morning. Morning. of certain religious groups to get married. And my friend in Germany, she said that it's horrible. And I said, oh, really? It's like the Bismarckian system of total control is horrible? Really? Now you notice that? Now that you're in the middle of it, you can't travel or do anything? What a surprise. What a surprise. What a surprise. So, theories about numbers, thoughts about thoughts, trying to come up with things that are universal. Infinities, it's, it's difficult. So we're going to limit our scope to things that are relatively useful in our lifetime and relatively large and small and take a step back from these super large things. I mean, even if we look at the pi and infinity and E, what if we say, well, we're not going to make proofs yet on on the properties of something in infinity. Like, how do those even work? Using modular arithmetic, using properties of numbers, number theory. I guess that's how they work. 
Boy, that's one big tree they cut down here. I should take a picture of it. It's massive. It's like three or four feet wide. It's 8.20 already. I guess we've been out for two hours. Let's check our time. An hour and 20 minutes, plus breaks. All right, an hour and a half. Is that good enough for you guys? Is that enough? Well, Girdle showed that he could encode theories in just arithmetic using his numbering scheme, which was quite the feat, so that you can compress or encode anything into numbers and then operate on those numbers. And, um, these numbers then become special numbers. I mean, they are numbers, and you can do pluses and minuses on them and everything else. But then you have special operations that you can do on them as well, which treat them differently. So every number can be treated in multiple ways. I guess in ways that we can't even imagine, limited by your creativity. And even the ways that they could be treated can be described with numbers. So that a number multiplied by a number could, in theory, or divided by a number or added to, describe a much more complicated operation. Okay? So a reuse. an encoding, a reuse of the existing system. So eventually we can eventually we can get to the point. It's a very simple yet slippery idea. The numbers can describe themselves 
can describe each other. And this is what happens in the computer code, where you're defining different structures, like lists. And the list is itself a very basic operator, and it occurs in many, many different encodings. different forms. So can we make that an eternal concept, the list, and then say this is an example of a list, and this is an example of a list, and this is an example of a list, this is a link list, this is another form of a list, this is an array. recognize them as such. That's the other thing. It's nice that we can describe things, but can we also recognize them? <clears throat> can we say, oh, this is how a list is being used. We could find examples of lists using patterns. What did Conway say? It's about examples. It's all about examples. And samples. So, math is about samples. And sampling and examples. So, and then we can go on to other things. Once you have a list, you could have lists of lists you could have a marker begin parenthesis open parentheses something comma something something comma something end parentheses making a list
that kind of gets back to the girdle system. So I guess we could start with a piano system and try and use that to describe the tree structures as the basis of things and use the girdle numbering to begin with with a list of possibilities. It's like we can break it down onto that and then people introduce new ideas and relationships between them which are uh, then examples of things. So if we have that as our basis, as our new foundation, that sounds pretty exciting. I never had the foundation before, so I guess we could try and glue that underneath. Glue that on underneath the tree structures that we've been looking at and then try and resolve it so that's an interesting conclusion to try and bring some axioms into play terminals tonight. Tonight is the chicken man for some crazy stuff. We need to lighten things up around here, I guess. All right, see you later. Feed the fungus. Feed, feed the fungus. Feed the fungus. The fungus. The fungus. The fungus. Feed the fungus. The fungus.
fungus, feed the fungus, feed the fungus, feed the fungus, the fungus, feed 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 the fungus, feed